Welcome in to Vern's Post Game Show. Massey not stopping in second and slides into third with a two-run triple. Here's Josh Vernier. 6-3, the final score. Royals drop the finale to the Blue Jays. Drop the series to the Blue Jays. And wrap up the season-opening homestand with a 1-6 record. Phone lines are open for you, 913-586-7610. That's the phone number. That's the text line number. I'd love to hear from you following this uh, introduction by the 2023 Kansas City Royals, their introduction to the city. So I'd love to hear what the city's thinking as they now head west for the first road trip. Three in San Francisco, three in Texas. Opening day for the Giants tomorrow, 335 for the first pitch. I'll be on the air with the on-deck show beginning at 2 o'clock. Um, while I wait for your phone calls and text messages to come in, let me just say thank God for that eighth inning. Thank God for those three runs in the eighth inning or else. Well, I had my scream fest last night. I... I I, I never really thought that would be in the cards again. Right. Screaming into a microphone twice within 24 hours, that's not normally my style. But had they been goose-egged again to go along with the defensive miscues that we saw again, just... You know, you, you never want to question effort because I, I, I know these guys, I... I would never question their want to, their heart, their efforts, but you're just seeing silly mental mistakes turn into runs, and for a team that has a difficult, has a, well, looking around Major League Baseball, there is no team that's had a more difficult time scoring runs than your Kansas City Royals. When that's the case, you cannot make mental mistakes like we saw this defense and Nate Eaton make in the second inning, like MJ Melendez made in the second inning. You got to, you must execute. Well, MJ Melendez's dropped foul ball, I, that, that's, let me rescind that. That's not a mental mistake. That's a physical mistake. You can understand that. But you know, when you're scuffling the way that the Royals are, it's, it, it's difficult to find silver linings. When you're a week into the season, and you're searching for your second win when you've had a pitching staff give you a chance in, in just about every single game and you're yet to win uh, a second game, Yeah, it's difficult to go, hey, well, you know, you stuck with it and put up a crooked number in the eighth inning. Uh, it's tough to throw bouquets the way of the Royals, especially when in that three-run eighth inning you have second and third with nobody out. Down 6-3, second and third, nobody out, and you, and you don't tack on another run. Franmil Reyes grounds out to the left side, and both Dozier and Prado go down swinging. So even when you do something positive... It's hard to avoid focusing on the negative. Right, the Royals struck out 12 Blue Jays today. I, I'd, 
They didn't walk a, a single batter. I, I'd love to praise the pitching staff for their execution, for raiding the zone, but it's, it's tough when you drop six of the first seven. I'll tell you this. If it wasn't for that three-run eighth inning, even though you left Ducks on the pond, if it wasn't for that three-run eighth inning, I, morale would be shot right now. Correct? Well, you tell me. As this team now boards a flight, flies to San Francisco, and prepares for another afternoon game tomorrow, right? no rest for the weary, no time to sulk or hang your head, now, where is morale right now? For you, 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. And, and I do think there's a conversation that needs to be had about this 2023 team and the kind of organizations that the Royals are attempting to duplicate. I want to talk about that Tampa model, that, that Cleveland model. We'll do that in a moment, but first I want to hear from you. Again, the phone number is 913-586-7610. It's 913-586-7610. Let's start off in Kansas City. Start off with Gabe. You're hitting leadoff, Gabe. Go ahead. Dude, what's up, Josh? Um, I'll go ahead and answer your question. I had something else teed up, but, uh, dude, for me personally, the morale is pretty high. I mean, I've been to three games so far this year, Uh, met some great and uh, it's just the general consensus is that everybody is just like, hey, this team sucks this year, man. But what I wanted to get to is that I saw a tweet last night. Uh, our batted ball data has been, like, real good. We're just getting pretty unlucky. I looked into it. Not right. It's in the, you know, it's at the bottom of the league. Do you think a, a turnaround with, with just some of the luck that, uh, you know, we struck some balls hard today. Do you think a turnaround's on the horizon? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and, and Gabe, appreciate the phone call. Phone uh, connection there was uh, a little spotty. Yeah, coming into the day, the Royals' offense uh, has uh, scored the fewest amount of runs, had the worst batting average in Major League Baseball, had the lowest OPS in Major League Baseball. But on the flip side, they were hitting the ball harder, had the highest average exit velocity of any team in Major League Baseball. Uh, yes, that would make you believe that the – The offense is about to turn the corner. But as I say that, let's also acknowledge that the rotation came into the day with an ERA of two and a half. You've wasted some solid pitching performances. So when the offense turns the corner and starts finding gaps and holes and missing gloves, you just hope that the regression from the rotation doesn't rear its ugly head. Gabe, thanks for the phone call. I, I will bring you back to something that Vinny Pasquantino said following last night's loss. Uh, something that I, the, 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 the fan in me, appreciates. You know, Vinny noted, hey, we take a lot of pride in how hard we're hitting the ball and hopefully they'll start finding holes. And then he caught himself. He says, yeah, we take a lot of pride in the exit velocity, but all that matters is results. All that matters is scoring runs, and we're not doing that. So, yeah, you, you, you dive into the analytics. You, you, you dive into the exit velo. And, yeah, you, you think the tide would turn. 
then you got to be able to manufacture runs. You need to make the sound defensive play, run the base as well, be aggressive defensively, be aggressive on the base paths. You know, it's, it's, in my opinion, the offense to me hasn't been the most disappointing aspect of this team through the first week. It's been the mental mistakes. I mean, let, let's not pretend as if we're floored that the Royals dropped three of four to the Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays came into the season, I believe they still have the third best odds of going to the World Series out of the American League. Well, they're a terrific team. They, they were my pick to come out of the American League. They, they still would be. It's a heck of a rotation they have, as you saw with Kevin Gossman and what, seven strikeouts in six innings. That splitter was on point. Same with Minnesota. I don't think anybody's floored that the Royals lost the series to Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, and Pablo Lopez. But it's the mental mistakes, the missteps that could have been avoided with proper mental preparation and a deep breath. Again, as I said on the On Deck Show, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I can do it. But again, that's why I'm sitting here and they're on the diamond making all that money. We got to hold them to a standard, especially our stars. Nice to see Bobby Witt Jr. hit his first home run of the season. Bobby goes two for five with a solo job to lead off that three-run eighth inning. Vinny Pasquantino plates the second run as he has runners on the corners and nobody out in that eighth inning, and he rips one down the right field line that RBI from Vinny Pasquantino was the Royals' first hit with a runner in scoring position since Monday. Went 0 for 15 with runners in scoring position in between. And if you were at the game, did did, did you see the... Uh, no, it wasn't a true sigh of relief, but the body language exhale that Vinny gave after that RBI knock in the eighth inning? Edward Olivares with an RBI double, second and third, nobody out. You think, man, we they, they can cut the deficit to one here, maybe even tie this bad boy up. We got Barlow ready to go in the bullpen. Royals had a chance there in the eighth inning. Tying run at the dish. And again, Reyes, Dozier, Prado unable to come through. Royals lose 6-3. to three. We go back to your phone calls at 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. 7-6-10. Let's go to Grace leaving Kauffman Stadium. Grace, go ahead. Hi. Hello, Grace. How are you? What would you think of the game? Did you have a good time? Yes, it was great. My dad took me and my sisters out, and it was really fun. What was the highlight of the afternoon? Um, Probably... Probably getting on the jumbotron. Nice, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, Grace. Way to way to either dance or do whatever you did to get on the jumbotron. I'm glad you and Pops had a good time, and hope to hear from you again down the line. You too. All right, I appreciate it. Royals fall six to three. Let's head out to Lee Summit. Talk with Gene. You're on six ten Sports Radio. Go ahead. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Cody in Blue Springs. I didn't want to talk to Gene anyway. Yeah, Cody, what's happening, man? Few, uh, well, not too much. I mean, there's a few things that obviously are frustrating. 
Um, a few things is like Bobby Wood and Salvi, they're the stars. You got to put guys around them to compliment them. I mean, they're guys that are going to strike out a lot. They're low on base guys, obviously. So you, you got to build around them with guys that get on base. So I was a big proponent of keeping Ben Attendee. I know he was kind of expensive, but Bobby Witt was a different player when Ben Attendee was sitting in front of him. And then once they got rid of Ben Attendee last year, Bobby Witt started going down again. Then another thing that's really frustrating me is, let's look at the Twins, for example. Pablo Lopez, that's a guy the Royals could have got. Those are guys that are available. They're going to, at some point, make a splash. You sign a guy like Jordan Lopez, who's actually going to make a little bit more money than Lopez, but he costs trade equity. Why not make a splash for some of these guys? Just look at the Twins. They got Sonny Gray the year before. You got Lopez. I mean, and when you get guys like Grinky and Lyles, who, I mean, they're going to get you innings, but they're not going to get you the upside. Get some young guys with upside because the way the Royals are doing it, it's just they're repeating the same mistakes. Yeah, they're getting young guys. They think by keeping them for a while of their cheap years, they're going to. It's just not working. They just need to do something. I mean, it just feels like it's rewinding from last year. Brady Cody, Singer let me ask you a question player. real quick because I'm with you. Pablo Lopez, um, I would love. Uh, you know, the, the Pablo Lopez acquisition has James Shields types of feels to it. Uh, they gave up the, the reigning batting champion in, in Luis Arise. What on this team do you think uh, you'd be willing to part with this previous offseason that is akin to Luis Arise? Well, I mean, the thing is, Arise, I mean, he's not – he, he won the batting title, but not a perfect player. I mean, he had some value, but he's no, not I'm just a guy asking, like, which Royal do you think would uh, I mean, they, they could have given up Massey and more because when the, you look at the controllable years, that is attractive to other teams. No doubt. Arise, no doubt. I don't know his contract, but he's, he's not going to be that much more valuable than, let's say, like Massey or someone else. I'm, I'm not saying that's the exact trade, obviously. Sure. I'm just thinking on the fly. But yeah, it, no, no, you can no get these guys. They're, they're obtainable. I mean, I, no, I just want right. to see the Royals just make guys trade for guys with upside instead of just signing filler guys that, I mean – you got to do something at some point. And there there are guys available, a lot of teams that aren't as loyal as the Royals to their players, like the Pirates and Marlins. They're going to get talented guys, like, and they're going to end up trading them. So why not try to get some of the more talented upside guys and just try something different than what you've been doing the last since the World Series? Right. Yeah. Hey, Cody, I, man, I, uh, I hope you don't take it as if I'm disagreeing with you. I, yeah, you're making very sound points. And, you know, what, what was surprising to me is, you know, Luisa Rise is not even a year older than Michael Massey. Now, he's making about $5.5 million more than Michael Massey. Uh, Massey also under team control through the 2028 season. Luisa Rise will be a free agent after the 2025 campaign. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you. Now, the response from the organization, in my opinion, and from what I've gleaned over the past few months, uh, their response would be, we plan on making those types of moves this upcoming offseason. Right, they've been you know, very transparent. This 
2023 campaign is about evaluating whether or not Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be our shortstop for the next five, six, ten seasons. Is he a shortstop? Is he a third baseman? Uh, is Kyle Isbell our everyday center fielder? Can Drew Waters be our everyday center fielder? You know, Michael Massey at second base. Uh, MJ Melendez moonlighting as a corner outfielder. And then, of course, the young arms. Young arms. Uh, the the uh, 2018 draft pick arms of Chris Bubich and Daniel Lynch. This season is about identifying uh, what we have here in Kansas City. And if... Uh, you know, the question about Bobby and Waters, uh, Prado and Melendez, if they come back uh, to the affirmative that, that yeah, you, you can build around these guys, I would not be surprised to see J.J. Piccolo, John Sherman pour some gasoline on this campfire, go out and make that acquisition to bolster the rotation, uh, maybe that free agent signing to bolster the middle of the lineup, a la James Shields, Kendrys Morales. Um, but the onus is on the current young hitters, pitchers, to prove to this front office, to prove to the ownership that, that yeah, we are uh, that close. Just like that 2012 team proved to the front office that we're ready to win, just get us some pitching. They bring in Wade Davis, they bring in James Shields, and, of course, the rest is history. Uh, now, that would be their response. Cody, I'm with you. That you could have done it this offseason. And, of course, there, there's nothing I enjoy more than, than spending John Sherman's money, so let's all take that into account. Uh, but my request going into the offseason was give me three pitchers. I, need, I, I want three pitchers. And the names I was looking for, uh, you know, Sean Manaya, Nate Evaldi, even a Kyle Gibson. And then there are a handful of quality relievers that could have been the third and, and final of those trio of free agent pitchers I was hopeful for. Uh, now, the Royals did bring in three pitchers, the aforementioned Jordan Lyles, who, uh, man, how good was that sinker today? Nine strikeouts, no walks, and five and two-thirds from the veteran right-hander. Uh, Lyles gives up five runs on eight hits, although if Nate Eaton shows uh, a little bit more aggressiveness defensively. If MJ Melendez is able to squeeze the glove, maybe it's only four earned runs in six innings for Jordan Lyles. Unfortunately, the defense let him down today. Uh, Jordan Lyles, Aroldis Chapman, and Ryan Yarbrough, those were the three pitchers that this organization went out and acquired. And it certainly would appear as if this offseason – J.J. Uh, Piccolo and the rest of the front office, it certainly would appear as if the green light was not given. It wasn't a, hey, go out and spend what you need to make us a winner. I think that's fair. You, you just look at the execution of the offseason for this Royals front office, and it certainly doesn't scream, uh, we're close. Let's just go get that missing piece. Uh, Jordan Lyles is going to help hopefully eat up a bunch of innings, 170-plus frames, which takes some of the burden off of guys like Bubich, Singer, and Lynch. Now Chapman's going to help. Ryan Yarbrough's a terrific clubhouse guy. But your offensive additions are minor league contracts and Franmil Reyes and Matt Duffy and Jackie Bradley Jr., all three of them terrific clubhouse guys. But those signings don't scream. 
were about to be put over the top by these bats, by these defenders. Cody, I'm with you 100%. Uh, If I was on that side of the phone, if I'm on that side of the microphone, that's exactly what I'm calling up saying as well. This is a professional team. We don't need to treat them like a high school ball club. We don't need to treat them like a college team where, oh, just stick with them. Let's have a good time watching them grow. No, man, I want to watch wins. I want to see that KC emblem celebrated coast to coast. I want to see that Royals name vying for a postseason berth in July, August, and September. Instead, not even in the second week of April, and the team's five games below 500. Phone lines are open for you, 913-586-7610. Still letting the fact that Luisa Rise is less than a year older than uh, Michael Massey wash over me. That is, uh, I don't know if shocking's the right word, but very surprising. Let's go to Drew in Kansas City. You're next up on 610 Sports Radio as the boys fall 6-3 to the Blue Jays. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I just had some uh, some positive thinking not not that you guys have been negative but just some positive things to say uh i love how many walks we're taking this year i feel like we've been a real chasey team in the past a lot of strikeouts but i'm loving how many walks that we're taking it's just kind of weird that we're not stealing any bases considering the rule changes and how it's more friendly for the runner to, yeah, to just steal gotta get bases on base to steal gotta get on base first yep yep no, I'm with you. And then, I, wish, uh, I wish they were stealing more bags. They just don't get on base. They don't get many base hits. Yeah, I, I get that. But, like, I don't know. It just seems like there's not – they're not even attempt- – I mean, they've only attempted twice and stole twice. But we're getting a lot of walks, so you're getting on base still. It's just – it just seems odd. And then, uh, yeah. then another thing is the starting pitching, although today was a little rocky. I mean, you still struck out eight or nine batters. But the starting pitching has been great so far, which is shocking considering the Blue Jays are going to be – if not the winners of the entire league, they're probably going to come out of the the AL. So that's all I had to say. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, uh, Royals today drew three walks and uh, struck out 11 times. Uh, and, but, but to your point, yeah, they are uh, walking more. You know, Vinny always walks, or in his professional career has always drawn walks but Vinny getting Vinny getting on base you're not necessarily uh, green lighting him right Vinny has four walks Franmil Reyes has three Selby has another so there's uh, eight of your 24 so a third of your walks coming from three guys nobody is expecting to steal a base you know, Nicky Lopez has had a few opportunities hitting near the bottom of the lineup, uh, drawing a leadoff walk or getting hit by a pitch. Now, he has the green light. He's just not seeing the opportunity to go. Um, but outside of Nicky Lopez last night and, and maybe in what was that, the second game of the season? Yeah, Saturday against the Twins. The, the <laughs> It's crazy that I remember this, but there's really only been two spots through the first seven games where I'm thinking, all right, go, steal. And they have it. And it's Nicky Lopez both times. Um, outside of that, I, I, I just haven't seen very many options present themselves. 
I mean, shoot. The Royals in their six losses have had a grand total of um, 27 base hits. So uh, just over four a game. And like I mentioned, the walks are coming from Vinny, Salvi, Franmil. MJ's drawn now seven walks on the season. Um, but I, I, I didn't see an opportunity for, for you know, him to go, especially when Salvi's first pitch hacking at everything. How many pitches did Salvi see? Two, four, six. Grand total of six pitches in his four plate appearances. I appreciate the positivity, though, brother. Thank you very much, Drew. Phone line open for you, 913-586-7610. Royals fall 6-3. Uh, my game notes uh, following this defeat at the hands of the Blue Jays are brought to you by Jay Southland Tow Service. And as I look over the game notes um, today, uh, Jordan Lyles, I, I, I don't know how you begin the conversation with him. I, I understand Five earned runs, should have been four earned runs in five and two-thirds. He did his job. Uh, he goes back out in the sixth inning despite being at 96 pitches. I was happy with what we got from Jordan Lyles today. Happy to see Bobby hit the homer. Disappointed in the mental mistakes there by the defense in the second inning. Um, other than that, you know, there was a time watching this game where I'm thinking, what's going through Whit Merrifield's head right now? After the Royals were unable to capitalize with two on and one out in the sixth inning and their scoreless streak extended to 23 innings, I'm sitting up in the press box going, what is going through Whit Merrifield's head right now? Now, keep in mind, the Royals started the season 19 consecutive scoreless innings. And until Bobby belted that bomb in the eighth, the Royals had gone 23 scoreless innings. Not the way to bookend the season. That's for sure. Uh, glad to see Scott Barlow pitched his tail off through 10 pitches, nine of them strikes, just goes right through Kiermaier, Bo Bichette, and Vladimir Guerrero. It's just unfortunate that the two appearances that we've seen from Scott Barlow have both been in defeat, have both been uh, with the team trailing by three runs. Love to see Scott Barlow come in in a big situation. He's yet to find leverage so far in 2023. Let's go to John in Kansas City. John, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead. Yeah, I've been, I didn't get a chance to watch today's game because I was at work, but I've been reading, I've watched every game up till this one, reading a lot of websites, and then they're, they're saying that we're hitting the ball really hard. You know, and these exit velos and just we're hitting the ball hard. But to me, as a fan watching this, I'm just seeing a bunch of loud outs being recorded in the outfield. Now, granted, you know, it's early in the season. It's not hot yet. Maybe when it heats up, these balls go over for homers. But the game that I did see when the Royals won, they put up nine runs. and I think they got six, seven, like in the first couple of innings. I saw a bunch of guys staying back, hitting the ball the other way. A bunch of singles, you know, getting guys on, getting them in. And up until then, the game after that, you, I'm seeing a bunch of guys swinging for the fences all the time. So I'm not really understanding. I'm not really understanding what the hitting logic is for this team, or or trying to get a feel for what they're trying to do. It just looks like to me 
a bunch of guys. Well, it sounds like it looks like they had success in spring training, hitting the crap out of the ball, hitting homers. But this isn't spring training. This is the start of the season. They're getting a lot of breaking balls, breaking pitches thrown at them. And there's guys swinging out of the zones and, you know, swinging at pitchers' pitches, getting themselves out. And like you mentioned earlier, Salvi's not seeing a lot of pitches either. And he, but, you know, the Salvi's the veteran of the group. So I'm just frustrated by what yeah. the – what I think the Royals' offensive philosophy is, and I'm, you know, you know, you, you can't have guy, you can't get guys on base, get them to second, and get them to third base, and not get them in. No kidding. It seems like the only way we score any runs is is off a home run, and like I think I heard earlier, you say uh, Witt Junior had a home run up, up to the eighth inning. So, yep. Yep. you know, we just don't manufacture or, or get guys in, get them over, and get them in anymore. So it's it's frustrating as a fan to watch. It gets kind of boring too. Yeah, not not yeah. <laughs> we all agree with that. If you're not scoring, it's not a very entertaining uh, brand of baseball. Uh, losing and being shut out uh, does not bring people to the campfire. That's for sure. Appreciate the phone call, John. Let's go to Kevin in Kansas City. Kevin, you're on six ten Sports Radio. Go ahead. Well, thanks thanks for the uh, opportunity to talk. Um, I think you brought up a good point about uh, Pablo Lopez. Uh, first off, he's probably the most underrated starting pitcher on Major League Baseball, so he's an elite top guy. And the fact he's available by trade and the Twins are able to get him um, speaks volumes of the Twins as a lineup. And my thought process is besides Bobby Wood Jr., there's not one guy, position player-wise, on our team that we could have traded for a Pablo Lopez. And, Vern, help me here, double-A AA or triple-A, name a guy, position player, who would have interested Miami enough to make that trade or who we as fans should be excited about because I don't see anybody on the horizon who's going to come up and help this team offensively in double-A AA or triple-A. Yeah, and that's appreciate the phone call. I'm, I'm, you're, you know what you're talking about by leaving a ball out because a guy like Gavin Cross, the top prospect in the organization, the team's top draft pick last year, um, you know, uh, him along with one of those pitchers also down at a ball, the Frank Mazzucato, the Ben Kudernas, you know, a combination of those two, I think certainly would have brought Pablo Lopez to Kansas city. But as far as double a triple a, I think there's really only uh, one name that stands out to be uh, to me. And that would be Michael Garcia, the 23 year old shortstop who uh, you know, was uh, in spring training, getting a little bit of work in, in uh, third base also, uh, in center field, uh, Garcia, of course, the uh, cousin of Alcides Escobar and Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, a dynamo defensively, um, but his bat is what's going to bring him to the big leagues first and foremost, as even today, uh, kid draws three walks as uh, the Storm Chasers lose, but Garcia goes 0 for 1, three walks, uh, now through the first six games, has a batting average of 429 and OPS near 1300. Uh, you know, we'll see how his season progresses. But to go back to an, you know, an earlier point about Bobby Witt Jr. and the evaluation season of 2023, if we continue to see mental mistakes, physical errors from Bobby at short, maybe he transitions back to third base and Michael Garcia moves in as your shortstop of the future. Who knows? 
We'll also see how Gavin Cross progresses. He might be the center fielder of the future. And if he's not, maybe Michael Garcia is. Um, but yeah, outside of Garcia, there, there's nobody, in my opinion, double A, triple A, uh, that would uh, cause the Miami Marlins to pick up the phone and be willing to trade a Pablo Lopez. And shoot, I've even heard uh, rumblings about Sandy Alcantara being on the move from Miami. That would be the craziest thing in the world to, to, to get rid of one of the true throwbacks. This generation's, I think he's going to be this generation's Justin Verlander. But look, if, if he's on the market and you can pull off that Will Myers, Jake Odorizzi type of trade this upcoming offseason for that dude, uh, I would be uh, all about it. Uh, the uh, reigning America, or excuse me, the reigning National League. Cy Young Award winner is signed through the 2026 season. Now, he should be paid handsomely. Taking a look at that contract right now, yes, he is. He'll make uh, over $9 million next year, more than $17 million in 2025 and 2026. Uh, but if that dude stays healthy, he's going to earn every single penny. So that, that, even though I'm not willing to embrace the evaluation season of 2023 just yet, again, if the questions that this organization has about some of its young stars, if the return is positive, again, don't be surprised to see a James Shields type of trade or free agent acquisition this offseason to hopefully uh, step on the gas pedal or pour gasoline on top of this campfire that is Royals baseball. Uh, boys are doubled up today. 6-3 the final score. They're now 1-6 after the first homestand of the season. And they open up a three-game series in San Francisco tomorrow afternoon. First pitch is 335. It's Brad Keller facing fellow right-hander Alex Cobb. I'll be on the air with the On Deck Show beginning at 2 o'clock. If you're on hold, stay right there. We get right back to your thoughts after this. Firm's post-game show on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nick Schwartz and Bink and Kristen Ocero. With the NFL Draft coming to Kansas City this April, we've launched the Character Concerns podcast, leading you all the way up to the first round at Union Station. We'll get into all my award-winning mock drafts, who I want the Chiefs to take, who squatted what weight at the Combine. What awards? We all know why it's called Character Concerns, because Bink's got some problems. We're going to release new episodes every Tuesday, so subscribe now on the Odyssey app at 610sports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. Benny hits a line shot into right field. That's a hit. The run is in as Melendez crosses the plate and over to third base. The Royals now have runners at first and third. That's the Hall of Famer, Denny Matthews. Vinny Pasquantino's RBI knock in the eighth inning. Cut the deficit to four. Edward Olivares would rip a 2-0 offering down the left field line for an RBI double. And just like that, Royals had a chance in the bottom of the eighth inning. Down 6-3. Runners on second and third with nobody out. Franmil Reyes grounds out to the left side. Vinny does not come home to score from third on that ground ball. And then Hunter Dozier and Nick Prado go down swing, and that was the last best chance for your boys in blue. And they fall 6-3, to three, and the record falls to 1-6. Phone lines are open for you, 913-586-7610. 
text line as well, 913-586-7610. The Drive with Carrington Harrison comes your way at the top of the hour. Let's go to Carl in Raytown. Carl, you're on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the, the Royals roster construction, trying to get, like, innovative or maybe just back to old school. Um, what I mean is, like, why aren't they just chasing down a bunch of, like, fast athletes that can, you know, when they do get on base, whether it's a bunt or somebody choked up on the bat and got a, you know, infield hit, they can make it to base and get around these bases because all this swinging for the fences, I mean, we – they always say you don't. We don't have the money to build these rosters and pay these guys, mm-hmm. but they're always trying to build the rosters to mimic teams that they can't keep up with monetarily. And all you get with is a lineup one through nine. It's a poor man's everything. Mm-hmm. So I just think they should need to go back to getting these athletes. You know the Terrence Gores, the Dysons that can, you know, put the pressure on the pitchers and the and the third baseman to where. You know, when somebody gets up to bat, that pitcher's going to have to move off that mound. Right. You know, that right. comes with, you know, he can, he might pull a hammy, do anything. You know, like, sure. just the swinging for the fences. I mean, it's cool when you hit a home run. But it's just like your other caller said, it's not exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, one and done. So what? I, I think the Royals have just gone away from an identity. They don't have one. And it'd be nice in this big ballpark you know, for them to utilize it with the speed in the outfield, you know, the, the Canes not let a ball hit the ground. I, I just don't see any athletes on this team, and I, I think we need to get back to that. So, so I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I got you. Carl, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, those were great times. Um, speaking of Lorenzo Kane, the team announced earlier today that uh, Saturday, May 6th, Low Kane coming home. Uh, He will officially retire as a Royal. Royals A's. Saturday, May 6th, a 6-10 first pitch. Low Kane comes home to receive his flowers. So uh, you might want to head online and grab your tickets for that one uh, right now. Uh, Yeah, you bring up, you know, maybe maybe they need more guys like Terrence Gore and Gerard Dyson. The only way your roster can have a guy like Terrence Gore and Gerard Dyson is if you're, in my opinion, trotting out the same starting eight most days. Terrence Gore never thought he was really going to get into a game unless it was a late-game pinch-running scenario. Gerard Dyson, a a late-game defensive replacement. Because every single day you knew Eskew was at short and Moose was at third and Haas and... Kane and Gordo and Salvia was just it was a squad. But that squad proved itself throughout 2011, 2012, 2013, and ultimately uh, then adding a guy like Terrence Gore, using Gerard Dyson more as a bench player because the talent on the team just improved. When the Royals have the type of talent that can compete for championships, then I think you start to see um, more um, bench players with a certain tool, a certain role, and nothing more. Uh, But actually, Carl, I I think they do have athletes. Bobby Witt Jr.'s a sensational athlete, Uh, as is MJ Melendez, uh, Nate Eaton, um, 
They have athletes. The issue is, do they have talent? As a team, you know, Bobby has talent. MJ has talent. They, they all have talent or they wouldn't be in the big leagues. I mean, as a team, are they a talented enough team? Again, it's an evaluation season. That's how it's uh, being treated from the, the very top. Now, you and I, the fans, you know, we, we – well, I'll speak for myself. I know I have a difficult time embracing an evaluation season a week in. You give me the end of May, end of June. You know, if the standings say this bad boy's a wrap, let's start looking to 2024. Okay, then I can get with it. Then I can start evaluating. But right now, I want to compete. I want to see this team make a run at the division title, make a run at a wild card berth. Crazier things have happened, maybe not here in Kansas City, but elsewhere they have. And as far as the swinging for the fences stuff, that, that, that last group did the same thing. Haas, Moose, Kane, Gordo, Billy, Salvi. Uh, they all went through these growing pains. And that, that brings me back to the my, my biggest takeaway from the lone win of the season, which was guys picking one another up. You know, Nate Eaton makes a mistake. Brady Singer picks him up. Vinny Pasquantino doesn't advance the runner. Bobby Witt Jr. picks him up. Those little baby steps turned into a championship back in 2015. Those baby steps of um, failing at the big league level, uh, finding your routine, finding what works for you, and then ultimately having success, believing that you belong in the big leagues. Uh, believing that you're here to stay, that you're allowed to make mistakes, that if you make a mistake, you're not going to be sent back to Omaha. That, to me, is the first step. Moose went through it. Hosmer went through it. Um, I think Bobby and MJ went through it, are still probably going through it. Vinny and Massey are going through it. To have the self-belief that I'm here, I belong here, and I'm here to stay. That's the first step. The next step is... Believe in the, in the guy behind you in the lineup. Believe it in the guy coming in behind you out of the bullpen. To where you don't feel like I need to hit that five-run home run right now because if I don't do it, I don't know if anybody else is going to do it. Haas and Moose and Gordo, those guys went through that second step to pass the baton or keep the line moving, as we called it. Once you believe in yourself... And believe in the guy that you're lining up alongside. It, 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 it allows you to breathe. It allows you to, as Q would say, let the air out somewhat. You don't need to be the hero. Just focus on what is required from you in this very moment. When you do that, you're not thinking about hitting a home run. You're thinking about an opposite field knock. Let me just get on first base and the guy behind me will advance me. Once you believe in yourself and you believe in your teammates, then to me it just comes down to playing smart, aggressive baseball. Appreciate the phone call, Carl. Let's go to Larry in Kansas City. Larry, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I've listened to a couple games this year, and I don't get the paper anymore, but I was wondering where is Drew Waters? Is he with the team or in the minors or injured? He's injured. He is on the IL with an oblique injury and uh, will well should be back at the latest at the beginning of June. 
Okay, sounds good. Um, I just like to point out the games. The season's only a week old, and the uh, Kansas City Star used to have a uh, very good sports editor named Joe McGuff. And Joe McGuff said, "You don't evaluate a baseball team until Memorial Day." So no we doubt. just need patience. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, Larry. Thanks for the phone call. Um, but it's not my job uh, necessarily to ask Royals fans to be patient. Um, it's not my job to be patient. Again, it, it's this isn't a high school team. This isn't my favorite college program that I'm watching these kids from 18 grow to be 22 and then hey, best of luck in future endeavors. It's a billion-dollar industry. There's a big leaguers out there. And I know they've faced some of the best the American League has to offer. Gossman, Barrios, Manoa, Yusei Kikuchi, Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray. That's a pretty strong seven starting pitchers that the Royals have seen so far. That's a lot of big names. But wouldn't you like to think that the Royals have a few big names in the lineup? It's my opinion that the Royals, quote-unquote, star power is in that one through nine, is in that offense, so you must be led by your stars. If this team's going anywhere, it's going to be because of those bats. Bobby, MJ, Salvi, Vinny, and the rest. So I appreciate you reminding us that you really can't judge a baseball team. And you know, I, I normally go with uh, the middle of May. Everybody has their own specific point, end point. Of now you can truly uh, identify what a team is, uh, who they're going to be moving forward. But listen, this offseason, as we've discussed earlier, this offseason saw the Royals add a bunch of minor league free agents, a Roldis Chapman after he just bailed on the Yankees, Ryan Yarbrough after his only team, the Rays, said thanks but no thanks, and Jordan Lyles, who was drafted 15 years ago. Those were your three offseason acquisitions, so it's received by the fan base as, are we going for it this year, or is it another season of more of the same, more of what this city has seen since Haas and Kane left following that 2017 season? So your perspective is right, Larry. Unfortunately, it's just falling on a lot of deaf ears. Royals fall 6-3. We'll take our final timeout. Get back to your thoughts after this. Burns Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show. Here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. 6-3, the final score. Royals drop the finale of this four-game series with the Blue Jays fall in the series. And the record is now 1-6 as they head west to take on the Giants. Brad Keller and Alex Cobb meet up. Tomorrow, 3.35 for the first pitch. I'll be on the air with the on-deck show beginning at 2 o'clock. Royals general manager J.J. Piccolo expected to join me right at 2. Uh, right now, pleased to be joined by Dan. KCK dialing us up after a 6-3 loss. Dan, go ahead. 
Hey, Josh, how you doing, buddy? You're doing pretty good. Yeah, you're right. It's still the roles need to work on the fundamentals and getting the runs in there with uh, runners on second, third. I'm glad to see Bobby with the hit. And uh, pitching is pretty good. The starting pitching, we just got to give more run support. And uh, I was confident I told Dusty this, uh, but the 88 wins, maybe that's a little bit overconfident, but I'm still confident. Yeah. I remember 1984, team winning 84, who we went to in the AL West. So it's still early in the series, season. Take care of yourself, Josh. Let's get together to the Giants. Yeah, last time the Royals started a season one and six was 1993, and they actually finished the season six games above 500. So, Dan, uh, continue to uh, preach that optimism, buddy. Uh, and, and maybe I should just let this go and move on to the next caller, but I'm just always a stickler about the word great. The rotation's been good. But you haven't had a single starter recorded out in the seventh. So, you know, that that's great. You know, for as much as Royals fans and even to a certain extent the Royals want to emulate what the Rays and the Guardians have done over the past decade. You know, we, we people get enamored with all oh, the opener and oh man, the way that they use their bullpen. They also had Blake Snell and Tyler Glass now and Charlie Morton. I mean, they got some dogs at the beginning of that rotation that eat up frames. So Brady Singer, Jordan Lyles need to do this season. Dan, thanks for the phone call. Royals lose 6-3. Carrington Harrison's coming your way next. The drive on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City. 610 Sports Radio. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 2. Take care.